BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hi, everyone. Welcome to With Wit. Thank you all so much for your ongoing support in every single aspect of my life, honestly, from your birthday wishes to all these supportive notes about everything that we've been going through with the fertility stuff. You've helped me feel so much less alone and I could not be more grateful. I'm talking so much with my hands. If you guys could only see, you would realize how grateful I really am. Today, I am getting back into more of your questions that I started last week while also filling you in on some specific details on my own journey. Let's get back into it. Just digging into the second episode of my fertility experience. Last week, we covered finances, IVF, hormones, the testing process. I realized that I didn't really tell you what we were working with in terms of quantity and how that has progressed downwards and where we're at now. At the egg retrieval, the doctor was able to get 21 eggs, which they told me was a great amount for someone my age, and they were really hopeful. So after a couple days, that went down to 11 and then it went down to six and then it went down to the five. So that's where we're at now. Like I said last week, there are four that are currently in genetic testing, probably not back by now, like in real time. And then one that went straight to frozen. So let's get into some of the deeper questions, the mental health and support section. What is the scariest part? So when I go to my worst case scenario, I think about Timmy just feeling so disappointed that we weren't able to have a second kid that he would feel resentful of me and that that resentment would turn into our relationship fading and not being as strong. And that's seriously the scariest part. And By no means does he put pressure on me at all, at all. From the beginning of this, he has always made it clear that it is my decision. But the hard part is, is that deep down, even though I know 
Timmy doesn't even really believe in like a deep down because sometimes he believes that we don't even have that. There's so much changing and going on in us that sometimes our deep down is like doesn't even exist, which is a scary thing to think about. But at the same time, a little bit freeing in that he wants the second child, but doesn't feel like it's going to change anything in the way that he feels about me or the amount of happiness that he's able to have in his life. And that's where it's hard for me to be rational about because I think, well, having a second kid like is all about just adding more love and more happiness and a bigger family and more shared experiences. And so of course he'll be disappointed, but to think that then that disappointment is going to be directed onto me, I think is probably just being too sensitive and taking things too personally. So when I go to my scariest place, that's really it. I think that each stage has its own set of scary parts. You know, obviously the first part was the miscarriage part and realizing that, oh my gosh, this type of thing is, exists and how do I get through this and how do I find the strength to want to do it again? And then it happens again and again. And you you deal with each one in the moment And that brings me to my next question, which is how do you balance fear of loss with hope for another child? And I think that these things just really have to coexist. And it's the same thing that we talk about in terms of balancing with motherhood and work and everything else that we have to juggle. I think that these emotions can both exist. But if I've learned anything from Jesse DeLoe and the conversation we had a couple weeks ago about manifestation and about if you think about the worst case scenario and you focus on your fears, there's a funny way of those things actually coming true by making little micro choices and changes in our life based on that reality that we're envisioning. And so I think it is just so, so, so important when I start to have those little fears pop in that I stay present in the moment and say, I'm not in that place right now. I'm not in that place right now. And my hope for another child is beating out that place. And I think that also I look at this as just a certain time period in my life, right? Like it feels really, really long right now. It feels like it is all encompassing and taking over. But I think that when I look back on it, that it won't feel as long. And obviously I hope that I look back on it with the second child. And, you know, that's the other scary part is is like my disappointment like of what i have envisioned but i don't really want to think about it too much and sometimes this conversation like forces me to have to think about it and i really just want to focus right now on what i do have to work with and the hope for another child because the fear just does absolutely nothing positive for me. It doesn't. And I can't judge myself or blame myself for having it because of course, because of past circumstances, we're all going to have it. And so if we are fear of things like, don't say like, oh gosh, I wish like those fears would just go away or I'm so weak or I'm so sensitive or I can't stop obsessing over them. Like 
you have to just bring mindfulness into your experience and be like, what is my reality right now? Like, what are some things I can look at that are happening right now? What is something positive in my life that is maybe coming out of this experience? Is it my appreciation for Sunny more? Is it those micro moments with Sunny that I'm realizing that I never knew that I could like be so in, you know, like, am I appreciating things in a different way? Yeah, I really feel like I am. And it's the same way that I've dealt with grief. And now word from one of our partners who helps make this show happen. Vegamore is a transformative, 100% vegan and holistic approach to hair health that leverages smart botanicals, clinically proven to promote visibly thicker, fuller, longer looking hair. Vegamore's Grow Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner Kit and Grow Serum, which are currently in my shower and on my bathroom counter, work together to create visibly thicker hair and improve hair from the roots. Just massage the shampoo into your scalp for 60 seconds and then follow up with the conditioner. Classic. For prime results, follow up your wash routine with a daily dropper full of the serum. Apply to your scalp, massage it in, and done. The Grow Advanced Hair Serum is one of the best products they offer. The application process is so quick, which is so ideal when I'm taking a quick shower, jetting to a meeting or lunch or picking up Sunny. It reduces the appearance of shedding. I've definitely noticed less hair around my floor and in my shower drain. 91% of customers say they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months of use. My hair is looking thicker and fuller, and I feel like I'm getting more confidence to wear it back. Try Vegamore risk-free for 90 days. Trust me, you're going to love it. Go to vegamore.com slash withwit and use code withwit to save 20% on your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash withwit, code withwit to save 20% at vegamore.com slash withwit. Parallel, one of my amazing partners and a company that I'm working with very closely is the first and only OBGYN founded Women's Vitamin. They bundle all the daily vitamins a woman needs into one simple packet based on where she is in her hormonal life cycle. This has given me such relief during this whole situation. I can't even express it fully. Their team has also been so supportive. They're founded by the most amazing women. They have a conception support product for anyone trying to conceive, which is what I'm currently taking, specifically formulated to support fertility in addition to products for each trimester of pregnancy, postpartum into motherhood. And they recently launched a women's multi that's made specifically for all women of reproductive age. Parallels Women's Daily Vitamin Trio was formulated by a team of the nation's top OBGYNs, nutritionists, endocrinologists, and naturopathic doctors. While there's so much waiting during the IVF process, taking this each day helps me feel like I'm at least doing something, you know, something to support this process. This one packet supports your overall health, thyroid function, abuse immunity with vitamin C, D, and zinc, supports emotional health, and offers stress support with L-theanine and promotes healthy hair, skin, and nails, which we all need. You can subscribe for $38 a month for a 30-day supply, which is a tremendous value considering all the vitamins you're getting. Parallel is offering 15% off your first three months of Parallel with code WIT15. Head to Parallel.co, P-E-R-E-L-E-L.co. And if you don't love it, you can cancel anytime and there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. And now back to the episode. 
the next question is how do you stay out of your head? And that is a really, really hard thing for me to do. I, one, do it. I indulge in it. I let myself do it. There's an amount of time that I let myself do it for. And then after maybe like a couple minutes of it, I start to realize that I've completely lost what I'm doing. And my to-do list has gone all out of whack. And I, I have to like really, 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 like I keep saying, check myself. I have to stay regular with therapy. I was going every week in the midst of COVID, but I've switched that to every other week. And I find that obviously having that hour to talk these things out helps me release them. I think talking to other people about it helps me stay out of my own head. People who have gone through it and there's so many ways to talk to strangers who have gone through it with social media now. But like, even if you don't want to talk to your friends who have gone through it because you don't want any opinions, it is helpful. Even though we're so different, just like how you're listening to my experience with it, it's just really helpful to hear that you're not the only person going through it. And also when you're talking to strangers, there's literally no judgment about how much you know or don't know or what have you checked on? What have you not checked on? What have you done? When have you not done? I think that making sure when you're in those moments to find trusted sources of knowledge that you can turn to like your doctor, like really relying on the the nurses and the doctors to give you answers, making sure that you're making lists throughout the whole process so that you go into the doctor armed with lists. But for the most part, you know, if I'm being 100% honest, I'm in my head all of the freaking time. And I have to really try to not be. I have to meditate. I have to work out. I have to be outside. I have to get out of the house. Like I have to stay away from people sometimes. I have to cancel plans. I have to cancel commitments. Like I, it's really hard. It's really, really, really hard. This time is more than a job because it's that physical aspect too. And I will just say to find those moments of release, whatever that feels like to you, if it is moving your body, if it is therapy, if it's screaming, if it's, I don't know, going on a roller coaster, going for a run, like taking a day off work, getting, digging in more to work, like doing something creative finding just an outlet for those things is so, so, so important. How do you handle the what ifs? I constantly ask myself the what ifs and then I do a reality check, just like my doctor has told me to do. I'm like, what is the information that I know right now? And what is the purpose of going ahead of myself? And that's what I do. And I calm myself down and I have to do that multiple times a day. Where do you turn when feeling mentally overwhelmed by it? Oh, man, I don't know. Sometimes I just want to go shopping and like mindlessly scroll. Sometimes I want to go work out and go on a walk. Sometimes I want to just sit on the couch and veg and watch like a new show like Selling Tampa or Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Sometimes I want to clean out my closet cleaning out your closet is actually a really, really wonderful, productive way to like let out emotions, let out heaviness, and also like get your body working. How do you handle juggling, working, and all of this? It's a really hard juggle. Major props and shout out to Annie, my right-hand woman who is currently listening to this. But 
I would not be able to be doing everything that I'm doing and taking care of myself if it weren't for help. And I feel so grateful to have it. Annie's able to help the business run when I'm physically just feeling run down and worn out and I can rely on her to show up for me. If I can't physically be somewhere, then I've had to tell myself that it's okay to say no to things. For me, my career is all about being an entrepreneur and I usually get out what I put in. So it's really taxing because the time down obviously just means less time being productive and building what I love to build, which can be like a little bit depressing, right? Like it can just feel... just like you're stuck. You know, for me, I really get so much self-worth out of like what I put into this world in terms of like my career and the product I put out there, the collaborations, the content, the conversations I have, these conversations I have with you. So like it's, it's hard for my body and for my mental when I have to like stop doing this, but then I do feel lucky to be able to have that luxury. So I wasn't moving my body for a month. So there was literally no juggling working out. Like I couldn't even move. So I felt like I didn't have to fit that in. And it looks like you're juggling from the outside. And I guess you kind of are, but I, what's important to know is that stuff is just suffering. Like the hormones are messing with me and my, you know, relationships and not making me want to do things and the bloat is physically not allowing me to do things. And so I try my best to just look at it as a moment in time. And I think the best thing we can do is really just give grace to ourselves. And hopefully we're getting grace from those around us. And I think it's important also in this day and age to be open and honest about what you're going through if you feel comfortable. Like I think those around us, our employees and coworkers, friends, family, like if you tell them what you're actually dealing with and the toll that it's taking on you, I think that you'll find that they'll show you a lot of grace too. Sometimes I think that we make things harder on ourselves by trying to juggle this. But at this time, especially, I urge really, really taking the time to take care of yourself emotionally and physically and show up for yourself. What helped me most mentally get through? I think what helped me most mentally get through is honestly, another thing that I feel really privileged for saying is having a partner that was able to hold my hand through it and love me through it and tell me that no matter what, that this wasn't my fault and that no matter what, that we would be fine and that we would be happy. And I think the other thing that helped me get through it is also that I have Sunny. Another thing I feel really grateful for. It's so hard to talk about this and I I want to be able to help everyone in like every circumstance, but I just... I'm talking from my experience. I think for anybody who is going through it, obviously without a partner, like you are the strongest people in the entire universe. And I hope that there are systems in place of support for you and just continue to tell yourself that everything is a phase. We have to be focused on releasing the control. Most of the time, our lives don't turn out exactly as we envisioned. I think that leads me to the next question, which how do you keep your spirits up? 
Full transparency, I've told you before, I'm on an antidepressant. I think that that has helped me immensely in keeping everything at like a steady pace. I feel pretty calm. I work out, which keeps me happy. Sunny keeps me happy. Getting enough sleep keeps me happy. Keeping nourished keeps me happy. Making sure that I'm really having just as much work time as I am free time makes me happy. And those are things that are keeping my spirits up right now. During this time, like definitely you probably have noticed, maybe it's been annoying on social media, like treating myself to extra little facials and I got a massage a couple of weeks ago and just little things like that scrub to keep my spirits high and just keep me feeling good, which I feel really lucky and grateful to be able to do. Any mantras? Biggest one for me right now is like no way out but through. What is your current reality? And to take deep breaths. Those are the three things that I turn back to when I feel like my mind is spinning. Have your friends been supportive? My friends have been insanely supportive. My friends want to know everything and are like open to as much or as little as I want to tell them. And I don't know who wouldn't be. I really don't. Like I I think the more that we talk about this, the more people realize what a big deal it is and what what a taxing thing it is. And I think especially the ones that have been through it have been so amazingly supportive. But I'm the kind of person that doesn't really want to talk about it that much. Like I talk about it so much on here that when it comes to then talking to my friends and my family about it, I'm just spent. How do I support my friend going through fertility struggles? Just tell her that you're there from the beginning. If you haven't been through it, just say like, I know I haven't been through it, but I just wanted to let you know, like I'm here for you for anything you can vent to me without judgment. And I will always just like be here for you and I can try to help you through it. Or I don't even have to come up with like a solution and help you through it. Like you can just tell me what you're feeling and just like get it out. And I think that that and not constantly checking in. I used to think that the constant check-ins were like a measure of how much someone cared about you. But I just, I feel like the constant check-ins are maybe excessive at this point. And I think that the more meaningful conversations come when you're actually in person together. And I just don't think that I don't know. For me, this kind of conversation is like a quick text kind of thing. So just let them come to you if they want to talk about it. And like I said, tell them that from the beginning that you're there for them. And as they're going through it and they open up, just continue to make space for it and make them feel like whatever they say is welcome. What does Timmy do to support me? There's so much that Timmy does to support me. Timmy, one, is like the best partner when it comes to helping take care of Sonny and making sure that he's taken wherever he needs to go and that he's fed and that he's just like blossoming. Like Timmy is just like the ideal father and husband and partner when it comes to taking care of Sunny. So when I feel overwhelmed with with that stuff, with like the parenting aspect of it, I just feel like I have such a good partner in Timmy that it helps me stay confident in other things and it helps me lend my attention to other things. The way that Timmy talks to me helps me too. I think that 
you know, it's obviously taken time and taken a lot of communication and we change as humans, but I think it's important as a couple to figure out like styles of communication. And sometimes like, as you know, I can be long winded and I can just like say what's ever on my mind and I'm not necessarily looking for him to like solve it, but I just want to tell him and get it off my chest. And it's verbal diarrhea. And I think that he's learned that he can just like sit there and be like, okay, like, I'm here for you, like whatever you need to help in order to help you get that done. Or like, I think that he has just realized when I really need to vent versus when I really need like his help problem solving. And I think that that really helps him just trying not to like start things with me or like take my bait on anything. I think that, you know, when the hormones are kicking in, like you have to be a little bit cognizant of how you're reacting to things. And I know definitely by like the sixth day of the hormones, I was just like so over it, like over everything. Like I was just having a bad day. It just felt like nothing was worth it. Nobody loved me. Just like a bad, bad, bad day. And I think that him just knowing that that was a possibility and that these hormones can make you feel really unlike yourself and really down, I think just him being aware of that and not taking things too personally or seriously or igniting things with me really, really helped to support me. The second question is, how has this affected your relationship with Tim? Any tension? And yes, I mean, of course, like, it definitely adds tension. (laughs) Like it's something that's not working in our life. So of course it's going to add tension, you know? And like, if I'm ever worrying about something, like it's going to add tension in our life. And especially when it's something that, that kind of only I can handle, but that I have like little control over. And there's a lot of emotions flying. So of course there's going to be tension. And I think just like everything else, it's just making sure that both of you guys are aware that this may be the reason why certain things are coming up and not to blow so many things out of proportion or to like generalize things when fighting. I also look at it as it making us stronger too, showing us how much love we have for each other that we want to create this. And that's like the ultimate goal of this, but also that even if it doesn't happen, that we will live on forever happily in love. And now a word from one of our sponsors. This year, I know you want a better checking account with no monthly fees, right? A personal goal of mine is to stay on top of my finances. It can be challenging sometimes to avoid unwanted surprises. Chime, an award-winning app and debit card has no overdraft fees, foreign transaction fees, monthly fees, or service fees. With over 60,000 fee-free in-network ATMs at many locations like most Walgreens, 7-Eleven, CVS, you can access your money when you need it, where you need it. Such a huge plus. I needed cash for the farmer's market the other day and quickly found an ATM at the 7-Eleven by my house. You can also send money to anyone, even if they aren't on Chime. Fee-free for you and no cash out fees for them. Make your first good decision of the new year. I hope that you've made some good decisions so far, but join over 10 million people using Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. If you're stressed about your finances, get it going. Get it going at chime.com slash with wit. That's chime.com slash with wit. 
Banking service provided by and debit card issued by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank. NA members FDIC. Get fee-free transactions at any MoneyPass ATM in a 7-Eleven location and at any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Otherwise, out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Sometimes pay anyone. Instant transfers can be delayed. The recipient must use a valid debit card or be a Chime member to claim funds. I love styling. In the back of my mind, I've always had this dream of being a professional stylist. I have so much fun putting looks together. And it is just something that I actually just really enjoy doing. Like packing and organizing my looks is like one of my favorite things to do ever. It fuels my creative soul so much. Finding the style that fits our personalities is so special. I really believe that we can get so much out of expressing ourselves through what we wear. But I know this can be daunting to figure out too. I love seeing companies who make styling accessible to everyone. So I truly believe we can get so much out of expressing ourselves through what we wear. And I know this can be daunting. I know it can sound daunting. And I'm always trying to think of ways to make it easier on you. And now I'm working with Macy's, who's doing an amazing job of making styling accessible to everyone. So One perk, if you can even call it that from the pandemic, is that we found the power of what going virtual can actually do. And every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m., Macy's does this thing called Macy's Live, hosted by top fashion and beauty experts and influencers who will be covering everything you need to express your personal style. Tune in to lifestyle at macy's.com slash macy's live for inspo and insights on how to make the latest trends work for you and how to just make your current favorites last longer, make your essentials into outfits that you can actually dress up and dress down and just help create new twists on your go-to faves. So check out live beauty at macy's.com slash macy's live for insider tips on new beauty releases, how to's and must have products that your routine needs now. That's macy's.com slash macy's live. Let's get back to the episode. The next question is how much we share with Sunny. So we've shared a good amount and I haven't really talked to anybody about this. And so I feel like a little unsure, but I do always believe in just trusting my gut. And what we've told him is that essentially we are really trying. I mean, he really wants another sibling. And we have just been saying that we are really trying and that we've been going to doctors and getting tested to see if it can happen, but that we're not sure if it can happen yet, but we're in the process and it's all about patience. And one of the books that helped us do this, not only with this conversation and situation, but just with patience and the virtue of waiting in general is this book called Waiting is Easy. And it's kind of a frustrating book because it's really long. And I think that's the purpose. It's just to show the pain of time sometimes and like the pain of not knowing what's happening or a period of testing or a period of waiting something. And so we've just told him we're in that phase right now and that we should know soon. And we've also told him a little bit about the process that there's something from me that's taken out the egg. And then there's something from daddy that's taken out the sperm and that they get mixed together. And that those are what's being tested to see if they're healthy. So we have told him a little bit about the body and I 
I've learned from various child development specialists in the past that being honest with them is important in a way that they'll understand because they do know a lot more than we are aware of. And I think kind of explaining things to them factually and then also referring to something like a book that puts things more in their terms helps them, you know, parallel the two ideas. But I'm no expert. That's just what Timmy and I have been doing. Do you ever feel resentful that your body goes through the ringer for this and your husband's doesn't? 150 million percent. I don't feel resentment towards Timmy. Like it doesn't turn into anger towards him, but it does turn into like general resentment towards the issue, which obviously ignites other things. But I think that with this, I am trying to reframe it. And in reframing it, I'm realizing it's working a little bit. Like I'm starting to see little baby bumps and like looking at them as like beautiful and like not being able to accessorize it and like own it and actually have it. And I think this journey has given me a lot of perspective on it, you know? So I think in terms of the pregnancy, I feel like ready for it. I think in terms of this IVF, 100%, like I sometimes wish that for one day, Timmy could like be in my brain and realize how much I was thinking about it and be in my body and realize how much I was feeling it and really like know what I was thinking about so he could have ultimate empathy because it's really hard to actually be there for someone if you don't have like true empathy. Like sympathy works, but empathy is ideal. And I know that sounds harsh, but I've realized it's true. Sometimes it's not really until someone actually goes through something that you feel actually like seen and heard. And that can be hard for a partner to hear and understand, but it is something to say and something to be realistic about. We have to look at the facts and there's nothing we can do about it. And it has to be us. And so I think we just need to rewind it and be like, okay, this is going to be such a gift. And yes, like I have to deal with certain shittiness, but like what in life doesn't take some shit to get through in order to get to the other side? You know, like that's, I'm sorry, but just like what being an adult is all about. It's like if we're expecting things like everything to just come super easy and for us not to have to like climb through some things and get a little messy and like learn some things about ourselves, then what are we actually doing here? And the hard part is being in those moments and being able to gain perspective. But having this, talking about it nonstop gives me so much and I cannot be more grateful for the opportunity. Like I sometimes come into this and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to talk this much. Ah!" But it's such a release. It's such a release. All right. Last section. First, when should I start taking folic acid? I would say talk to your doctor, but I have started taking it as soon as I started trying to conceive. It's in the conception support pack in parallel, but definitely talk to your doctor about this. 
do you, you, do you use an app to track fertility? I was using an app to track fertility pre-miscarriage and that was Clue. I haven't been using it since then just because I've been on this and the doctor's been monitoring me. Next question, what is the most important question to ask a fertility specialist? The most important thing to ask a fertility specialist, I think, are just what you can do, obviously, to make this process like as smooth and as successful as possible and to do what they say. But I think that you'll realize that there's not like one important question because our bodies are all so different. But once you get in there and start talking to them, like you'll figure out for yourself what becomes the most important things to discuss. Like for me, I always wanted to know data, you know, like I was like, what is the percentage of embryos that last this long? And they're like, well, 30%-ish, but maybe none. And you're like, well, that doesn't really help that much. So it's there's not really something that I can direct you. Just make sure that you ask what you can do to make it successful, but that you also just do that and don't put other crazy pressures on yourself, okay? Like don't tell yourself that there's anything more that you could do or could have done to have a better success because it's, it's, there's just nothing that you could do. These things are happening inside of us. Okay. Be calm, take deep breaths. That's the best thing you can do. That's what they all say, right? I'm not a doctor, but that's what they all say. Did you struggle with fertility before Sunny? I did not. So I was 32 when I had Sunny. I got off my birth control and got pregnant within three months. So the miscarriages happened after sunny, which was something I was not expecting. Next question. Struggling with the increasing age gap that will be between my first and hope to be second child. Do you feel that? Of course I feel that. I mean, sunny will be five in July. Like, let's just hope I get pregnant in April. That means that they will be about six years apart, which feels like a lot, you know, like they're not going to be in high school together. They may never be at the same school together, you know? But then when I actually think about the relationships that I have now and the ages of them, like it doesn't really make a difference. I think looking at the pros helps so much more than looking at the cons, right? So looking at the fact that Sunny will be in school all day when there's a new baby potentially and Sunny's out of diapers and I won't have two little ones running around. It will feel more manageable. Sunny can actually listen to me and help and understand what's going on a little bit more and maybe appreciate the experience a little bit more. And I think also for me, having that free time with Sunny being out of the house, like perhaps I'll enjoy the second one more than I would have had it been like way more stressful out of the gate, you know? So I have to look at things that way. And I also look at the age gaps that I have, like I was saying with my sisters, Jade, for instance, Jade was born 1989. I was born 1985. Okay. That's four years right there. So I don't know. Yes, definitely struggling with it, but also there's nothing we can do. Like we can't take back time. We know we cannot take back time. Let's move forward, right? Moving forward. Struggling with feelings of jealousy when my friends get pregnant. Do you deal with that? Yes. I have little pings of jealousy too, for sure. I have little pings of like, ooh, second happened quick. Or like, ooh, you already have uh, 
four-year-old and a two-year-old, awesome. Like you're out of the newborn phase. Like, oh my God, I'm jealous. I wish I were there. Like, why am I dealing with this right now? I feel like I'm getting to the point where I don't want to be dealing with this anymore. Like I'm getting a little bit too old or I'm just getting done with it. You know, like for sure, I definitely get those jealous moments. I think those are natural. Don't judge yourself. Know that I get them too. And that when I get them, I just let myself feel them for a second. And then I'm like, okay, that's not a productive feeling. Like this is such a happy thing. Like it doesn't ever help us to compare our journey to anybody else's. So this is a happy thing for them. And like, let's just focus on the positive outcomes for myself. Okay. And then last but not least question, do you feel you can find peace even if another baby isn't in the cards? So I really feel like I can. I really feel like I can, but I don't know that I won't always think about it. Like it kind of brings me to tears even just thinking about, I think I will find peace. I will have to find peace. You know, I don't want to equate it to my dad because it won't be the same as that. But even that I found peace with. Like if I can find peace with something like that, then I feel like I can find peace with this situation that hasn't even happened yet, not happening for me. You know, I already have so many beautiful things. It doesn't feel yet so much like something major that I feel is being taken away from me. So I'm looking at it like that. And I'm trying not to let myself go to that intensive a place yet because I'm not there, but it definitely does scare me. And I have to be realistic about that. So I hope this was insightful, informative. I will continue to keep you updated as I hear more. Definitely by this time, I will have an update on the genetic testing and we'll figure out how to share that information. But as usual, thank you all so much for your support. I cannot tell you how much this has helped me work through this whole entire situation and how much I've learned and how much like going through this, not just in my own brain and knowing even just by reading your questions that other people are thinking the same is like making me feel like I'm venting myself now because I'm getting all warm and fuzzy. But anyways, thank you so much. Appreciate it so greatly. And I will talk to you next week. All right. Peace in the streets. Happy fertility vibes to any of you out there currently dealing with this and happy just vibes to everyone. Love you all. Really do. I have lots of love for you. Bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney E. Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.